You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Redemption City Church. Great to see you all. Um, so here we go. We're going to continue our little uh, series called Being the Church. And uh, this morning I want to speak about our message. And I'm hoping in a sense this is a little kind of a little mini series within the series message, um, mandate, mission. And so this morning I just want to touch on our message and uh, I want to say this, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that the church only has one message, and that's the gospel. And so as we get into this, I want to pray for you real quick, pray for us as a church. Father, we love you, we bless you. Thank you for Redemption City Church. Thank you for all that call Redemption City Church home, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you have done in us and through us over these last 10 years, and, and how excited and full of faith we are for the next 10 years. Um, our prayer this morning, Lord, is keep us faithful, keep us focused on you, keep us true to the message, keep us true to the mandate, Lord. Lead us on, as we've said time and time again, Psalm 73, you lead us by our right hand, Lord. And we believe you've led us into things and out of things in these last 10 years. And what a delight it has been, Father. We give you honor and glory. Help us open our hearts, open our spirits as we approach your word this morning, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. So like I said, I'm convinced that the church only has one message, and that message is the gospel. That message has incredible implications for all areas of our lives, personally, as well as our society. The gospel is not a suggestion. It's not even an invitation. The gospel is a declaration. It is good news, and news is declared. And so I want to make two bold statements up front this morning, and I believe these two statements are, are kind of intertwined. Uh, I want to make two bold statements up front. And so the first one is simply this. The gospel changes everything. The gospel changes everything. It's the center point of history, but it also changes absolutely everything in our lives and in our society. And I've taken that from Romans 1 verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone. That's an important word for us. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And there's two important words there for us. The first one is this, is power. is dunamis. It's the same word that we use when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And there definitely is this power, this, this energy, this weight to, to the gospel. So uh, the power of God. And then the second one is this, everyone. And uh, if you look up the Greek, wording, uh, the Greek meaning of that, it simply is this, all, the whole every kind and so again we see the power of God for all of mankind and the second point is you've heard me quote this many times is something that Dudley taught us years and years ago and it's simply this Jesus is God's total answer for all man for all time and uh, I, I certainly have in my life found that to be true but I'm uh, going to take that scripture we're going to read a scripture here John 3 verse 15 to 16 here we go. Um, we all know 16, but verse 15 has some implication for us here this, this morning as well. So John 15 says this, that everyone, there's that word again, that everyone who believes in him, Jesus, may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
Jesus, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, again, there's two words we're going to look at here. And the first one is simply this, is everyone. Now, that's the same word that we looked at, the same everyone that we looked at in Romans 1. Um, um, let me just go back there for a minute. Romans 1 uh, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel. It is the power of God for everyone who believes. Same language in this text here, everyone, meaning all, meaning every kind. But the critical thing here for us is they changed that second word. The original Greek is the same word. In, the, in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him. Now, that's the word they've changed. And, but actually, it's the same word. And so we would read it like this. He may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Same word, everyone, all, the whole, every part. In the transition five years ago uh, from Tyron and Nicole to Sandy and I, this was the question that we, that we believed. It was a prophetic question um, at the time that God asked us. And this was what the Lord asked us, is will you allow me to show you what I can do through a church that truly loves broken people? And I, um, I'm taking us down a, a pathway here this morning. And, and, and so, so we're just going to develop this as we go along. See, I want to say this, that brokenness in whatever shape or form is generally a result of sin. The challenge with that is that in our day, the, the prevalence of, of pop psychology um, is simply this, that I have a problem. And so you hear people say all the time, I have a problem with alcohol, with drugs, with sex. I have a problem with pride, be that spiritual or racial. I have a problem with trust because of past relationships, past hurt, past churches. But I want to say this, friends, this is the deep truth for us this morning. If we take those two statements and the scriptures that went along with them, the gospel changes everything and um, Jesus is God's total answer. We take those two things. Here's the deep truth this morning is that Jesus did not die to solve our problems. And the minute we start to lean into that thing, well, I've got a problem with this, I've got a problem with that. A problem is something we work on. A problem is something we solve. A problem is something we wrestle with. And I want to say, friends, that Jesus did not die to solve our problems. Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins and the liberty that that would bring. He died for the forgiveness of our sins and the healing and wholeness of our whole person. And uh, so I want to say this, until we can call sin, sin, in some ways, while we're wrestling with a problem, while we're trying to work on the problem, in some ways, we really have locked Jesus and the gospel out of the equation. Because now this is a problem, problem to be solved. And uh, you've heard me say this before, man. Um, for, for real, I had some real problems before I got saved. And I've told you that many times. I, honestly, I do not believe there was one single redeemable quality about me. I had many problems. I had real problems. Anger, real anger, hatred in my heart, rebellion, addiction. I had a long list of problems in my life. And to be honest with you, I had tried a number of things to try and wrestle my way out, to try and fight my way out, to dream, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to do that. Read many books and uh, got into many different things, just trying to fight my way out of these problems. 
But I want to be honest with you and say this at the foot of the cross. I realized that Jesus had died to deal with my sin and all those things that I counted as problems in my life were really as a result of sin. And that Jesus through the gospel had dealt with that sin and with every other area in my life that was as a, as a result of that, as a result of that brokenness. That I was a brand new creation in Christ. My past was dealt with and had no bearing on my future. Neither the sin that I did, and this is also important, friends, neither the sin, the sin that I did nor the sin that was done to me had any hold or any power over me any longer because of the power of the gospel. What is it, friends? What is it that keeps us from Christ-centered, gospel-saturated, redemptive action? Whatever that looks like for you, um, <clears throat> sharing the gospel, loving, we'll talk about some of these things now. But what is it that keeps us from Christ-centered, gospel-saturated, redemptive action? And I want to say this, it simply has to come down to a lack of belief in the power of the gospel to change everything. It's only by the power of the gospel that everyone can be made brand new. It's only by the power of the gospel that we can be born again. It is only by the power of the gospel that we can get this fresh start in life and begin to move forward into the things of God. It's then and only then, by and through the power of the gospel, that we can love recklessly. And when we love recklessly, we love the lovable and the unlovable. We love the lovely and the not so lovely. We love those that are not part of our group. We can love those because of the gospel that are not part of our group. Now, be that a racial group, be it a spiritual group, be it a socioeconomic group. The gospel makes everything brand new. The gospel changes everything. It puts us all on level ground. It puts us all at the foot of the cross. We all stand equally before God. We touched on some of that last week, if, uh, if you missed it. It's then and only then. It's only then, by the power of the gospel, that we can give sacrificially. It's only then, by the power of the gospel, that we can believe and be part of this radical prophetic community that carries this love in our hearts for our neighbors, our neighborhoods, and the nations of the world. We are called to love and serve and give and do all of those things here while we long, we long for this perfect prophetic community that every nation, every tribe, and every tongue standing before the throne in Revelation 7. But we don't long for that so much that we don't serve and love. We don't long for that so much that we are useless while we're on planet Earth. We've got, a we've got a message and we've got a mission while we're here, while we long for that. The gospel doesn't just make you right with God. Although it does do that, the gospel makes us right with God. The gospel makes us right with our Heavenly Father. The gospel doesn't just make us right with God. It also frees us to delight in God, to delight in every aspect of God. His love and His discipline, His mercy and His judgment, His grace and His laws. And I want to say, friends, this morning, that is the message we carry in our heart. I'm convinced it's the only message. Um, a little while ago, I was, I was preaching somewhere and said to you know, a few of my buddies there, and I said, you know, I've realized over the last uh, couple of years that actually I've only got one message. I've got the gospel. And for the most part, no matter what I'm preaching, it's that gospel that will come through. And I said that to them. I said, I've only just come to realize that. And they all were like, duh, we've known that about you for 20 years. I'm like, oh, thanks for the heads up. 
But I, I do want to say this, friends. I honestly believe by evidence of Scripture, it is the message that the church is supposed to carry. And it's the message that the church is supposed to carry because it is the message that changes everything. It is God's total provision for man's total need for all time. That's the message we need to sell out to. That's the message we need to sell out to. Believing that by the power of God, everyone can be made new. Believing that by the power of the gospel, cities and nations can be transformed. That is the message we to tell our friends, our co-workers, our family, our neighbors. It really, friends, is our only message. The love of God. Jesus came by the love of God, by the power of the gospel, changed everything. You don't have to be who you were. You don't have to be the way you are. There's an incredible future. There's a liberty and a freedom in you that is free from sin. Either the sin that you've done or the sin that was done to you. There's a liberty that sets us free to delight in our Heavenly Father. If, you, if you've been listening and, and watching this this morning and you're like, well, that's cool for you, but I've never really responded to the gospel. I want to say this, friends. It's as easy as that. It's as easy as just saying, yes, I believe the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I want to be saved. I want to be free of my sin. I want that forgiveness. I want to be made brand new. And I want my feet set on a different path to what I've been in. That doesn't matter. If you're listening to this, it doesn't matter if you're five years old or 55 years old. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that we can say, I'm taking a different path because of the power of the gospel in my life. If that's you this morning, friends, I'd love to... To pray for you and if if that is you and you and you pray in this prayer with me please reach out to us reach out to us on facebook or comment on youtube or if you know us personally send us a text or whatever it is we'd we'd love to get in contact with you and and help you walk through some of those things so father if there's anybody listening that is that has said yes I, I want that i want forgiveness of my sins i want to repent of my sins i want forgiveness of my sins and i want to be a brand new creation in Christ. I want to be born again. I want a fresh start in life. And I don't want all that, the sin that entangled me to keep weighing me down and keep tripping me up. I want to live in that liberty that comes from knowing Jesus. I want to live in the liberty that comes from, from being in fresh relationship with my Heavenly Father. If that's you this morning, friends, we pray for you. Father, would you make yourself real? Would you make yourself very, very real? To whoever has responded to the gospel this morning, Lord, would you pour out your love and your mercy and your grace in their heart? Would you forgive them of their sins, Lord? Would you take them, Father, that scripture that we quote so often, would you take them by their right hand and lead them, Father, into healing and wholeness? Lead them out of brokenness and sin. Lead them into healing and wholeness and liberty this morning, Father. Set them free. Set their, set their, power, set their feet on a different path this morning, my God, we pray. In Jesus' name. For us as a church, Father, for Redemption City Church, we pray that this message would ring true in our hearts. We pray this message would settle deep in our hearts. We pray we would, we would sell out to this message, Father. Truly believing your gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus is the man's, uh, God's total provision for man's total need for all time. Help us to sell out to that message, Lord. Not to be caught up in all the peripherals, in, in all of this other stuff, Father, but just to say we have one message. Jesus came, died for our sins, and that, Father, changes everything. We love you and we bless you. Thank you so much for the people that make up this incredible church. Thank you for their generosity and their faithfulness. Thank you for this community, Father, and the love that is shared amongst us. We give you honor and glory as you lead us on 
further and further and further, Lord, into your purposes and your plans for us as a local church. In Jesus' name. God bless you, my friends. Uh, remember those two email addresses, RCCCares, if you have any, any physical needs, any practical needs, and then prayer at redemptioncitychurch.com. Uh, we'd love to be able to pray for you, however, through ever, be able to get somebody to come and pray for you or even pray for you over the phone, whatever it takes at this time. God bless you. We love you. Can't wait to see you again.